if a tsunami comes, it could take the whole house down. I, I just don't know what's happening. No, screw the shrimp. There's a tsunami coming. Let's go. And then they're like, so when did the warning go out? And she's like, well, they reckon it's going to hit if it hits in about 40 minutes. They're like, oh, we've got loads of time. I'm having a total meltdown at this point. Shrimp do cook pretty fast, to be fair. You see, you're just as bad as he is. <laughs> Jump in with both feet. Go big. Follow your dreams. Grab life by the reins. This is how we live. We're Callie King and Andrea Wadey, two horse trainers always looking for adventure and finding it. Join us for stories of dangerous travels, wild animals, new challenges, and in the end, always learning alongside our magnificent horses. So saddle up and follow along. You're listening to Grab Life by the Reins. So you clapping then just reminded me of the clap. Not that I've ever, ever had it, obviously. But when someone asked me this week in, in America, I'm here visiting in America. It's so fun. And someone asked me if I'd had Maryland crabs and I just had to really resist saying, gosh, I bet that was itchy. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, the difference between the English language and American language is just hysterical. I've laughed so much about it. it just cracks me up. Yeah, I'll, I'll never, we'll never forget when I asked that poor little girl if I could oh. put the microphone oh. receiver or transmitter, put the microphone transmitter in her <laughs> pants. We have to give a bit of context <laughs> at this point. Callie was visiting me. We were doing some filming, which we love to do. And yeah, we were filming these young kids on their ponies and it was so great. And I just suddenly looked over and saw this child looking totally terrified and slightly traumatized with Callie, who seriously is one of the nicest people you could ever meet. And I'm like, what's going on over there? And Callie came over and went, I, I think I might have just upset her. I asked her if I could put the microphone in her pants. <laughs> And the mum had to jump in and go, she's meaning your trousers, <laughs> not your knickers. It's like dodgy, dodgy moment. <laughs> you do have to think about it. So when we're together, we tend to do nothing but laugh, laugh and laugh by doing things that we think might be fun and others might think is illegal. <laughs> but not breaking the law in a way where we're hurting anyone or we're, we're damaging property. No, we're good people. We just like to have fun. And if laws get in the way of fun, things have to be broken. That happens frequently with us, both individually, but I think at a higher percentage when we're together. I think that's definitely right. In fact, my husband said something this week. He said, I'm actually really glad that A, you and Callie are not the same age, um, and B, that you're not both in like your early 20s because 100% we would get arrested. We're not fans of the fun police, to be fair. So to give you an example, today we've been out deep in the forest and I think we were at least 
five, no, okay, I'll give us 10 minutes into our day in the park. We came across this little beautiful, do you call them a pontoon in America? The boat? Yeah, where the boat was. Is that like a pontoon? Well, that wouldn't be a pontoon boat. No, but the bit that you walk out on. Oh, we call that a dock. A dock. So we're walking through the woods and there's this beautiful dock that's marred by these ridiculous signs that says, no entry, do not walk here, authorised personnel only, do not swim. So all of those rules <laughs> went straight out the window. And <laughs> when we see water, we just can't resist getting in it. No. It doesn't matter if it's cold because today the sun was, was warm, but it was pretty chilly. I had, I had a sweater, a sweatshirt and a heavy vest on. There's another anomaly, a vest. <laughs> it's what we call a body warmer and you call a vest. A vest is a thing you put under a shirt. No, a vest is like a heavy outer coat. Well, not necessarily heavy, but it's, it's a thing that doesn't have arms. So it's yeah. really great because it does keep your body warm, but it allows you complete freedom of movement with your arms. Not so good for swimming, though. No, that's why we removed it. <laughs> or I removed mine, as well as the sweatshirt and the sweater, so not to be weighed down. And then we just took off running. We did. We ran straight past the sign that said, no unauthorized people, straight past the sign that said, absolutely no swimming. And we noticed at the last minute, straight past the boat that had a blue light on the top of it, which was <laughs> the fun police boat, <laughs> as we launched through the air off the end of the dock with a great big splash into the water. We thought it was fabulous. There was also the sign that said no launching. <laughs> Did it? I didn't see that. No launching. Oh, we launched. Referring to boats, of course. So we didn't break that law. No, we broke every other law. <laughs> and we certainly did not endear ourselves to the man that was very quietly fishing in his kayak, probably with a license. He was not happy. But see, we didn't hurt anyone. Not really. And we got out fairly soon. So he would have, um, he would have caught his fish and it was all good. But water, I have this affinity with water. Actually, I have a really funny story. I was riding with my friend Sonny way back in the mountains in Costa Rica when I lived there, way, way back. And it was so hot, so, so hot. And we came across this house in the middle of nowhere along this farm track. And I mean, I'm talking miles from anywhere. And we kind of like looked around and it was really obvious there was no one there. I think maybe it was like a holiday home or, you know, something that people came down from the city at the weekend, something like that but they did have a pool. They did have a pool. So we turned our horses loose in their front garden, <laughs> took all our clothes off, jumped in the pool. It was the best thing because it was so, so hot. And next thing, this dog comes ripping into the backyard where the uh, swimming pool was and was barking, 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 which made us think, well, there's someone coming. No one saw us. It was fine. We managed to get up, get our clothes on really quick and just ride away. But it was one of those secret, like, yes, we pulled that off. Now that you say that, I actually think that I've become a lot bolder in swimming in unauthorized places whenever, you know, broad daylight. Yeah. There was a, I used to swim all the time, but we would always sneak in at nights 
but it, it was. Because that's not dangerous. <laughs> it was admittedly usually more like private ponds. Like we would hear that <laughs> it would be a family member or a friend or a neighbor. We would hear they were out of town. And if they had a pond that normally was too close to their house to just go swimming in it, we would go in the night skinny dipping, of course. Nice. Yes. I love water. I just, I don't think, and no one owns water, really. It falls from the sky. That's my argument. It's like, yeah, yes, I did sort of cross your land, but. <laughs> but. And went skinny dipping in the pool right outside your back window. Yeah, we did think afterwards, what if they've got security cameras? <laughs> It'd be like, there's two naked women floating. Well, I mean, there's worse things to see on a Monday morning, I'm sure, but, <laughs> you know, we had fun. There is something about water though, but I've, I've never lived, I've never lived away from the sea. I've always lived within earshot of the ocean. Wow, because you were, you were born and grew up in Cornwall. Mm -hmm. And which town? Perranporth, which has a beautiful, beautiful beach. I know of a, a lot of Americans when they hear I'm from Cornwall, they're like, have you ever heard of Doc Market Martin? Which is the TV program that's really popular in the UK and in America, actually, and we do. We, we grew up about 40 minutes from there. Yeah, and it's gorgeous. I've always been by the ocean, but the ocean to me is very different, like the lakes that we've gone to and gone swimming in. The ocean just demands respect. We never messed about with the ocean. We live on the Atlantic Ocean, and we've just never, ever taken that for granted. But I do remember in Costa Rica, the same thing. You had to be so, so careful, so careful. But equally, you could enjoy it. But I do remember one time we had friends staying in a hotel right on the beach in Playa Ramosa, where we lived. And we went down for a barbecue to join them for a barbecue. And we had all this lovely shrimp and the beer and it was great. And um, we were there enjoying ourselves. And then the owner of the hotel who... To be fair, I think she probably did indulge in smoking wacky backy. <laughs> what is wacky backy? Oh, weed. <laughs> Have you never heard it called wacky backy? No. Yeah, it's wacky backy. I've heard a lot of names, but I've never yeah. heard wacky backy. So I believe, but I'm not sure that she had possibly been smoking some weed, um, which we don't, not my thing. Anyway, each to their own. Out she comes. Oh, hey, hey, guys, there's a tsunami coming. <laughs> like, wait, what? So I shoot up off my chair. How far are you from the ocean? About less than 100 feet. Oh, you're on the We're beach. We're on the beach, right? The, the, the hotel front is on the beach, and she's like, calm as custard. Oh, I hope you're having a lovely barbecue, by the way. A massive tsunami warning has just gone out. So I'm up off the seat. Let's go. We got to go right now. Oh, the boys. But we have shrimp. <laughs> no, screw the shrimp. There's a tsunami coming. Let's go. And then they're like, so when did the warning go out? And she's like, well, they reckon it's going to hit. If it hits, it's going to hit in about 40 minutes. They're like... Oh, 
We've got loads of time. I'm having a total meltdown at this point. Shrimp do cook pretty fast, to be fair. You see, you're just as bad as he is. I was catastrophizing massively in my head. I'm like, we've got to go, we've got to go. And I want to get my dogs. I need to get my dogs out of my house. Anyway, they finished the bloody shrimp. We finally get them in the car, race back to our apartment, which was on sea level. And I already had a plan. I knew where we were going. We're going up the mountain. It's going to be great. So we race in and I'm grabbing passports, money, valuables. So how many minutes into the 40 minutes is this? Oh, we are now coming on half, half an hour. Oh, you're, you're yeah, up against it. It's tight. And your house is how far from the, the beach? Quarter of a mile. Oh, that's as close. the crow flies and we were on the second floor but I was like if a tsunami comes it could take the whole house down I, I just don't know what's happening so I am running around grabbing everything I've got the dogs in the car Chris comes trotting out past me with a cooler like a, an esky we call them like a cooler I'm like what have you got in there beer <laughs> I was just about ready to murder him. Anyway, finally, we get in the car. We've got our friends that we'd liberated from the hotel, jump in the car and we drive up to our friend Leo and Jimmy's house who have a beautiful house right on top of the mountain. We're like, if we go there, we'll be safe. And other people clearly had the same idea. And when we got there, there were at least five other people there, not including Leo and Jimmy. They weren't home. <laughs> but... <laughs> We were all such good friends. We just went straight in. And by the time it got to the time of the tsunami, there ended up being about 20 people in their house and we had a party. And Leo and Jimmy didn't come back because they were away for the weekend. And it turns out there was no tsunami. It missed us. Thank goodness. Um, and we had a great time. But I just, the sense of urgency for me was just not there. I, I was very worried if ever there was going to be a future emergency that my husband would actually get his shit together enough that we wouldn't die. But he had all the vitals. And to be fair, when we were up there at the party, the beer came in handy. But that's the thing with water. You can't always trust it. Yeah, the sea is absolutely something to be hugely respected. Yeah. Hugely respected. And, and that's the thing with those kind of emergencies. I think that's the challenge in coastal areas because... Warnings can go out and if uh, people can almost get used to them. Yeah. Cry wolf syndrome. Yes. So they get used to them. They don't take them seriously. And then it only takes that one time that it, it really is coming in. Have you ever been whitewater rafting? Yeah. I had a bit of a doozy there as well. That wasn't good. Actually, that was really frightening. I had never really been around big rivers in Cornwall, we have rivers, but they're not massive rivers. And we were going whitewater rafting in Costa Rica, which you can do loads. And, you know, for the most part, it's pretty safe, although I have heard of some, some bad things. But for the most part, it's safe. But we went down there. I think it was Chris's 40th birthday we went for that. And we had a bunch of the boys with us. They all surf, you know. And they were like, we don't want to do the tourist one. We don't want to do that one. And so the boys that had the rafting company were like, sweet, you all surf. It's fine. We'll go on the class fives. Well, in Europe, you have to have a license to be even on the fours. 
I believe. Like, you've got to know what you're doing. Yeah, no, here we go. Here's us lot. So these rafts were smaller for the class fives. There was only two people and a guide in each one. My guide, he had clearly been up all night. He stank of rum. He looked like a chewed up toffee and he was not on his game. I think it was fair to say. So I was slightly wary, but in we go. You know, I think there's that that group of people. I love being around surfers, yeah. river guides, yeah. mountain climbers. They're all cut from the same cloth. A hundred percent. And I love, I love them. I do when my life is not in their hands. Like just to sit and watch would have done me fine. But we come up to the first rapids. Right, and they're like, you know, la, la, this is what we can do. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, paddle. So we're paddling. The boat flips. I go straight out the boat, class five rapid. And I did have a life vest. I had a life vest on. I went into the water and I went straight under. And my life vest did not bring me straight up. And I was under the water and I went through the rapid and I was slamming into all the rocks. I had a helmet on. You know, we were mostly geared up. Um, I could not believe the power that that river held. It was so shocking to me. And they'd already said to us, you know, try and swim across. And in my reptilian brain that I had found as I thought I was going to die, all I kept thinking was I'm going to go all the way to the ocean and there's crocodiles at the mouth of this river. <laughs> like... Not that it would go it rapid, rocks. It wasn't getting your foot no. caught in a, in a no. rapid, you know, no. under a rock. I hadn't even thought of it that. It was the crocodiles yeah. that were probably miles, miles and miles Probably away. 10 miles down the river. But, but they were waiting for you. They I, were. I'm sure they sensed that there was an yeah. English woman in the water headed <laughs> yeah. their way yeah. at high speed. Crapping herself. <laughs> so I bashed off all the rocks. Finally, I'd come to somewhat of a of a still point if you like but still the water was shifting and the guides they had some out guides in in kayaks and they were going swim to me swim to me i i couldn't do it anyway this one guy they called him superman he was off the rivers in colorado thank god he was there and you couldn't swim was it that you were so tired or just the no. adrenaline had you no the current was just too strong oh so it you was were just, trying to swim i was still going but like, you couldn't move shit off a shiny one wow. down the river i was flying i just wasn't in the rapid bit um but it was still we were booking down that river and he just managed to like literally put his oar right over to the other side just hauled across and he grabbed me by my hair wow. and pulled me out i was so grateful i was so frightened but poor Chris was right up the river at the head of the rapid because him and the <laughs> and the hungover guide, who clearly had probably was not hungover anymore, were hanging on to the boat and they'd got up onto the rocks. And a message came back up and it was a visual message. So the guide down by me stood on a rock up to the next guide and tapped the top of his head. And I didn't know that that meant everything is okay. Chris could see this message coming up the river to the guides on the rocks of this tapping head. And he thought I had a head injury. Oh, so he was freaking out. But it just really made me respect the power of a river. I know, and I was a little bit like I would take on the ocean over a strong river any day. So when you came out of that, how long until you felt because in experiences like that, you know, when you have like that big adrenaline and you're like, you know, in a survival situation, it takes some time coming out of that to kind of like 
return to normal. How long did it take for you? Well, I didn't have that time because there were 12 more rapids to go down and no one would walk back with me. So I had to get back in that stupid flipping boat and go down through 12 more rapids of which I fell out twice more, but not as dramatic. But I did think afterwards, I don't think I need to do that again. Wait, were there other people falling out of the boat? No. Okay, now this raises another question. Yeah. How were you the only one falling out? Chris fell out too. And our, I'm going to be honest, the others in their boats, their guides were phenomenal. And we just kept going into the rapid sideways, Ooh. which, you know, to be fair, yes, we're the ones paddling, but we don't know what we're doing and neither did anyone else. <laughs> and they didn't fall out. But I think it was just one of those things. It was an amazing experience. And yeah, the adrenaline was pumping, absolutely pumping. But I think because we had to get back busy into survival mode, it kind of just took over. But I don't think I need to repeat it. I have always loved being a teacher. When I was a little kid, I would make these different lectures and classes on obscure topics like equine diseases and lameness. And we're here, Andrea and I are connected because of Horse Class. And Horse Class is my educational company and a community of horse people from countries all around the world that are united by wanting to be the best that we can for ourselves and for our horses. And we publish free videos, free resources, and premium courses in riding tips, in horse training information and inspiration, and also how to take the best possible care of your horse. If you want to learn more, check out our website, horseclass.com. We've got the link in the show notes. Hmm. Yeah, I did class fives to... Class fives in the U.S. is the highest that can be rafted commercially, wow. you know, with people like with guides yeah. taking people. So I did a trip with two of my best friends for when we graduated high school. All three of us were like, we don't want like graduation parties or oh, any of no. that crap. Take so adventure we, anytime. We we piled in my old pickup truck. I had a 97 Ford F-250 I was nice. like really into trucks at the time. So the three of us pile in and we did a road trip across the States from Pennsylvania out to Colorado. Amazing. We had so much fun. Wow. I mean, what could go wrong with three 17 year old girls in an old pickup truck hauling across the States? Yeah, no, not so much. <laughs> we decided we wanted to go rafting. And of course we looked for the biggest ones that we could do, which was going to be going down the Royal Gorge in Colorado. I bet that's stunning. But dangerous? Oh, incredible, incredible. Well, we had honestly the opposite of your situation in that we had the best guides ever. So the time of year that we did it was the drier season when it was really interesting because I want to go back and do it when there's more water. Because yeah. I said when there's more water, there's more power and you go really fast. When we did it, the water was low, which meant that it was super technical because there was so many more sure. exposed rocks. Yeah. And... Um, we had the main guide was this woman who was just, she was a total badass. Like she knew that I river inside that. and out. And then two of her friends were in town who were also river guides. And because we booked the trip, it was low season. They didn't have enough people. And she just invited them. Oh my God. Amazing. So we had three badass guides and then the three of us. And we were all three like totally just go for it kind of girls. Yeah. 
So they gave us a great ride, but they just were so, they were so good on like calling out the instructions and like explaining the rapid before we went into it. And we all knew exactly what to do. They're some of the best in the world though. They're famous for it, aren't they? Off that uh, up in Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. We have this one picture. I still have it. It completely captured, you know, those pictures sometimes that get taken with friends that just totally capture the moment, but they also capture like the personality of each person in that moment. So it was the three of us and this, there's this picture and there's the picture of, we're going down one of the big rapids and <laughs> the three of us are in the boat, of course, with the guides. My friend, Emily looks scared. <laughs> My friend Kelsey has this huge grin, like she's just having the absolute time of her life. And I look so serious, like I'm just 100% concentration. Like, I mean, it just, it does got that, all does of Does that encapsulate your friendship? Is that kind of true to form that between the three of you? In that time of life, 100%. I love it that. It was so good. That's so fun. Gosh, I feel like there's so many more water stories. I think we're gonna have to talk about it again. Maybe in the next episode. There's so much adventure out there and I think I, I'm with you. Rather than getting like gifts or things for, for monumental events in life like birthdays and anniversaries, it's like experiences. That's what I always want is to go places, do something. And you, those feelings last forever and those memories last forever. And if you're lucky to get photos, that's great too, but just to have as many different experiences of things before you die. That's what I want in my life. Yeah, same here. Could not agree more. Yeah. Live. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you in the next episode. If you're enjoying the podcast, we would love it if you could rate and review us. We'll see you in the next program. <laughs>